Pasuk begins, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu to instruct the Jewish people and they'll take from me a trimmer. And the Mephoshim will point out already that have we been addressing the Jewish people who intended to donate to the campaign to fund the building of the Mishkan, then the right language to be used would have been They will give a trimmer. They will give a donation. Ve'yichori means they will take. There are many answers given. But the one I want to talk about is that Moshe wasn't addressing the general population of Kai Yisrael and instructing them to donate to the Mishkan. Donations to the Mishkan were voluntary. Like the Pasuk says, Kashei what a person chose and volunteered to donate. The instruction was to find the people who will be there to accept the donations. The Yikhoni means find those people who will be the ones to receive the donations. And if that's the case, it's indicative that the Torah isn't instructing Klai Yisrael to donate for the Mishkan. Rather, the Torah's instruction is prepare the framework so that people who want to donate have to whom to give. Why doesn't the Torah make giving to the Mishkan a mitzvah? Like so many other mitzvahs in the Torah. So really, there's a principle here, an incredible principle that we should learn from the Ramban. The Ramban says that if we would ask the question, what's more important? A mitzvah say, a positive commandment, or a mitzvah later say, a negative commandment? And the answer is, the Ramban says it's clear in the Gemara. The halacha is that a positive commandment is overrules a negative commandment. If a person is in a state of conflict, when he has two different halachas, the one telling him to do something, the other one demanding he refrains. The halacha is that the positive commandment comes first. So for example, if a person has a, a garment which has four corners but is made out of linen. On the one hand there's a mitzvah to put on tzitzis which needs wooden strings. On the other hand there's an iser not to wear a mixture of wool and linen. Kilaim. So what takes precedence? The mitzvah are say of wearing tzitzis. The mitzvah later say of not wearing kilaim. And the Ramban says, you know, the Galacha says, that the mitzvah say triumphs over the lotase. A person should wear the baggage with tzitzis. So we see that there's a priority given to a mitzvah say over a lotase. And if that's the case, then there's a question which needs to be asked. And that is, when it comes to a mitzvah lotase, the Torah punishes a person who doesn't fulfill. It could be Malchus, it could be worse. It could be one of the four misses based in. The Torah trem- attaches tremendous severity to Lotase. And yet, when it comes to not fulfilling a mitzvah saseh, when it comes to not keeping one of the mitzvahs, then we don't find the punishment. The Torah doesn't threaten the punishment for a person who doesn't sit in the sukkah, who doesn't blow shofar, who doesn't do chesed. So if, in reality, the mitzvah saseh 
so to speak, have priority over Mrs. Lotase, why don't we find that the Torah threatens us with being punished for not doing a Mrs. Lotase? And the answer is, Ravan explains, that there are two underlying principles in the Mitzvahs. The one is Yerashamayim, fear of Hashem, fear of the consequence of disobeying Hashem. And that says the Ramban is the Sherish, is the root of all the Mitzvahs Lotase. The fundamental point of all the Mitzvahs Lotase is the warning not to do something to, to disobey Hashem. And what's meant to keep a person from transgressing is the awareness of the consequence of one's actions, which we call Yerushimai. And if that's the case, if the factor which is going to act as a deterrent is Yerushimai, then the Torah can follow up on a negative commandment with the warning that if you don't listen, you're going to get punished. Because that's going to contribute. That's going to add to the feeling of Yerushimai a person has and will act as what a deterrent to stop from doing that there. But there's a second underlying principle of mitzvahs, and that is the Avas Hashem. That a person is motivated, that a person is inspired, that a person wants to do. And the Ramban says, this is the Sharish of all the mitzvahs I say. The Torah is just giving us the guidelines, providing the framework of what we meant to be doing. But it's building off the motivation that a person has, to, that he wants to serve Hashem. And if that's the case, on a mitzvah say you can't threaten the punishment. Because if you're making a mitzvah say into something that a person has to do, and if he doesn't, he's getting punished, then you're making the factor which brings a person to a mitzvah say also here. You're making it also that a person does something because he's afraid of the consequence of not doing and even if that's going to be more of a reason for a person to do, but you're losing the underlying reason for the mitzvah. It's no longer something which a person does out of ava. It's now something a person does out of fear. And therefore, when it comes to mitzvah say, specifically the Torah doesn't give a punishment. Because the Torah wants the mitzvah to be done out of a sense of, of rotten, a sense of willingness, not under duress. And if that applies to a mitzvah, when the Torah instructs us to do something, and nevertheless when the mitzvah say expect us to do it at Miratzan, even though we mechuyev. So when it comes to building the Mishkan, it's a stage even more than that. The underlying feeling in doing, giving to the Mishkan should be the fact that we want to volunteer. We're not even being instructed. The feeling which is meant to bring about the building of the mission is the rotten the Christ shall have on their own to want to give. Not something we're given because we're instructed to. And therefore specifically here, the Torah doesn't give us a tzivoy to build the Mishkan, to donate to the Mishkan. The Torah just says to make sure that there are people who are able to accept the donations so that anyone who's Yidven Uliboy Anyone who's motivated to give has opportunity to do so. And this, in any case, is even more of a demonstration of what's Ava Sashem. And that's from Ban. 
And it made me think about the importance of Nechinuch. Let's now think, if we have two underlying principles in mitzvahs, one coming from a feeling of fear, you better do this, and if not, face it, you'll be you're warned, you'll be severely punished, you'll have to face the consequences, and one other. This is what a person is meant to do. No one's forcing you. We're not threatening you to punishment if you don't, but this is, what we, this is what the right thing to do is. Now imagine you had the choice. Or imagine you're putting yourself from Hashem's perspective and you had the choice how to phrase a mitzvah. As a mitzvah say, or as a mitzvah say. What would the choice be? On the one hand, you're more likely to gain compliance with the mitzvah say. Because people might be scared of the punishment, which is being threatened if they don't fulfill. On the other hand, then it becomes something a person does because he's forced to, as opposed to something a person does out of rotten, out of willingness. So how would you choose? Assuming you could word a mitzvah in both ways, how would you choose which way to go? So to answer the question, Let's look at ourselves and our role as parents. And we also instruct our children. Sometimes also in the form of a say, We warn them not to do certain things. And sometimes in the form of a mitzvah If there are certain things we expect of them. And if we are to think now, in the role that we do have as parents, and think what would be the right way to phrase a request? As an assay or as a say? as an admonition or as an instruction? I think the answer would be like this. I think the answer would be that if there's something that you don't want your child to do, you feel it's dangerous, it's unsafe, it's bad for them, and there's no other alternative, you really don't want them to do it. So I'm going to have to work on the element of the later I say, I don't want you to do this because I see how harmful it is. I see how dangerous it potentially could be. And even if the child doesn't understand that, then I'm going to have to back it up after threatening him with the punishment. Because maybe you don't understand what the parent can see as being dangerous, so I have to bring it down to something which you understand is not worth doing. Because it's not an option. If a little child wants to run into the street, he wants to play with a knife, so I'm going to have to tell him negative. Don't run in the streets. Don't play with knives. Why? Because I don't want him to do it because there's a threat of a danger involved. It's potentially harmful. And if the admonition on its own is not enough, the threat doesn't carry enough weight, then I'm going to have to follow it up with the punishments. If you run in the street, you're going to get punished. If you play with a knife, you're going to get punished. Because even if the child doesn't understand what's wrong with what he's doing or the danger inherent but he will understand the punishment and therefore when I want something to be a deterrent because there's no other alternative there's no way that it's okay to play with knives or run in the street then I'm going to have to use the option of a lotase whereas if there's something which would be good the child would gain from and I'm suggesting this is something which I think would be advisable for him to do but I take into consideration he might not do it. 
And if not, well, it's a pity. It's an opportunity lost. But I don't see it as being something which is that, so to speak, crucially important that he can't afford to be with that. Then I can take the alternative of the mitzvah say. I'll advise him to do something. Recommend it. It's good for you. You'll gain from it. And if he understands it and does, then fantastic. And if not, well, it's a pity. But it's not something which is necessarily injurious. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because ideally, when a person is motivated to do and wants to, ideally it's better. One gains more. This is the priority of a Mrs. Hase. Because it doesn't just apply to the action a person is doing. When a person is motivated to do, to contribute, to be a part of a family, to do what they can to help. So it's going to apply to everything. And therefore, ideally, I would want to promote Mrs. Hase. I would want to look, so to speak, to motivate my children to do. So they should feel inspired and want to. But, on the other hand, when I'm presenting a Mrs. Hase, it's coming across as something which I'm trying to encourage the person to do. And if that's the case, it can't come with the threat of punishment. It can't be I'd like you to do this, but if you don't, you're going to get punished. Then I'm using Yira, not Ava. And the idea of a mitzvah is to try and encourage the Ava, the enthusiasm, the rotten to do. But if it's something which I can't afford to have the option of the child not doing, it's not that if you do it, it's okay, if you don't do it, it's also okay. Here there's a real threat in not doing it, but I'm going to have to word it as what I say. Don't do this, and you're going to get punished if you do, so you better not. Because then I can enforce the fact that he won't do it. The mitzvahs work the same way. Those mitzvahs where Hashem understands are doing something wrong is going to be extremely detrimental to our own spiritual state. Extremely destructive to the world. So it comes to the low say, Don't do this. And I'm going to ensure you don't do it because I'm threatening you to punish you if you do. But those miles that a person can gain and achieve, and uh, it's true it's an opportunity lost if they don't, but it's not something which is as damaging to the person's spiritual state. So the Torah would rather go to the level of Mitzvah Sase. The person should do it out of rotten, out of motivation. But here's the important point. That is, therefore, in Chinuch, we use these two options too. We use these two options too. The important point is not to mix them up. When something's a request, then it's meant to come from the place that the child wants to be a part of the family. A child wants to contribute. He's motivated to do his share as well. Leave it like that. To punish a child for not doing what he's meant to do is translating Ava into Yira. Is making what's meant to be something which would, we would want a child to do out of his willingness to participate into something he's forced to do. And yes, it might buy obedience right now, but in the long run it loses the other. In the long run it loses the motivation factor that a person wants to 
wants to do, wants to make his parents happy. On the other hand, when there's something involved which we can't afford not to do, something which if the child wouldn't do, he could harm himself or others, then we don't have the luxury of saying a mitzvah Because if that's the case, then we have to leave the option, option that he might not do it and there's nothing we can do about it. If it's something we're going to insist on, we're going to enforce, then we use the option of a low tassi. Don't do this. And the threat of a consequence if you do. Because then we're using the element of Yira as a way to enforce for the compliance. But those are the first two levels. What you learn from the Mishkan is that there's a third level as well. There's a level of not even a mitzvah. We're not being instructed. It's a level that a person can choose to do. When they know what Hashem wants from them, so now it's coming completely from their own choice to volunteer. That's the greatest hour of level. When we came to the Mishkan, Hashem said He wanted a Mishkan built. He didn't instruct Klai Yisrael. I want you to contribute to the Mishkan. No. The contribution boxes are open. Whoever wants to donate can. That encourages the greatest hour. And therefore there should be options like that too. In a healthy relationship, when the children want to make their parents happy, not everything has to be translated down into a tzivu, an instruction. There's also a mockum to express the rots and what's wanted and allow the child to enter in his own what you want him to do. And once again, if he doesn't, you can't punish for that. It wasn't even an instruction. But it gives the opportunity for the child to feel that he's able to contribute, he's able to offer, he's able to volunteer. And the long-term effect, that's what builds the ava. That's what builds the relationship. That's what builds the willingness and the devotion to do, to add, to achieve. We just have to make the system in place that we're there to receive what the child wants to give. The vehicle truma, that there are people available to take the donations which the child wants to offer. That we're there to take when our children try and show, the, show us that they want to please us. They try and make an effort to do what we want them to do. We're there to acknowledge it. We're there to appreciate it. We're there to make them feel that their efforts have been valued because that also is something which is going to contribute to the avo and to the willingness, the motivation to do for us in the future as well.